0: All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures podcast. Today in the studio, i have got Josh Heckman and Kyler Golaski, and we're going to hear about their season this year. So, Yeah, First, thanks for having us, Sam. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys are looking fresh, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. Oh, Kyler yeah. brought us all coffees this morning, so, you know, mine's a hot cocoa. But Yeah, I've been rocking the mustache for a few days. Yeah, <clears throat> feeling proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, looks good. Ladies Josh has, love it. Josh has got a it. full beard. I mean, it's it's a quality beard too. It never changes. There's no gaps. Never changes. He's a true professional, you know? (laughs) Um, So you guys had some success this year, uh, spent some time hunting, and we're talking about blacktail in Western Oregon. And so I think we don't have to dive right into how you got to where you ended up, but let's talk about, I guess, Josh, you first, let us know kind of your history of blacktail hunting and- you know, how this year
1: was compared to your previous years? I mean, so, yeah, absolutely. So I've been hunting for a couple years now, if that. So still very, very green to hunting. Um, and, you know, I went with my dad in the past, probably 10 years old or so, but we just go drive roads. So so nothing special, didn't really learn anything, didn't care to know anything about it. Um, but then the last couple years, you know, Kyler, a couple other buddies, um, all of us kind of got into hunting um, and that's kind of when I got a little more serious and when I when I started to actually dig. Because when I get into something, you know, at that point, I'm either doing it or I'm not doing it. So I'm all in or I'm not going to do it at all. And so, I mean, first year, kind of slow. We drove a lot of roads, did some glassing, but it's, it's a rifle blacktail. And honestly, Oregon rifle blacktail hunting is the mountains packed. Every, you know, the roads are, there's people everywhere. And the deer are just non-existent at that point. Um, but then this year with Kyler, you know, him and I, we got that, that warehouser unit. And then after like a bunch of research, I mean, my art, our tactics obviously cover a ton of ground. Um, but then to kind of focus on, on those benches and those points. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we found a lot of our success is, you know, kind of getting into the timber and, and finding sign. Um, and that's kind of what happened to ours as well. And so you know the Western Oregon tag;
0: it's an over-the-counter tag, and that's why it's a little bit busy out there. Yeah. Um, what gun are you
1: hunting with? Um, so right now, currently, I have a six-five Creedmoor. Love it um, for blacktail only, though. Um, if, if I'm going to go rifle elk, which I'm not currently, we're, we're archery. Um, I definitely jump up to that three hundred Win Mag, or I'm very interested in the the seven PRC. Mm-hmm. I know it's a new new roundout right now. I don't have a ton of info on it, but it looks pretty intriguing. Yeah. Um, I know the 6.5 PRC is another great round. Um, yeah, that's what I got, and yeah. I, I love that round, but also Kyler's cousin
0: Cameron got the, the 7 PRC. Yeah. So yeah. We had that out at the range,
1: what, a couple of Fridays ago? Yeah. And that was just a sweet, yeah. sweet cartridge. I just yeah. After, I don't know, hearing so many stories of how tough elk are, I want something with a little more power that's, that I'm, you know, if my shot's not perfect, it's still going to do some damage and, and make sure I take down that animal.
0: Yeah. I tracked a uh, elk, uh, cow elk with a three hundred windmeg hole through her for five miles up and oh, down the nastiest goodness. country I've ever seen in the snow. <laughs> it was my cousins. And I mean he put a good shot on her and the exit hole was giant. Uh, yeah, I and bet. she still I mean, we'd find these huge pools of blood and she'd get up and keep going. I mean they are tough. They're it's really tough. Insane. So um, good year though. I mean, let's talk numbers. How many times did you guys go out? I think, oh man, for blacktail during rifle
2: season, we were out. I would say at least fourteen days, maybe.
1: I, I honestly, yeah. So I would. I mean, for me, you definitely went out more than I did. I was probably you know upper ten, maybe close to fourteen. I, I think you did potentially a little more. Um, but almost every time we were out together, though, definitely.
0: And these were day hunts. Typically, you'd get going at oh dark thirty and stay out.
1: Kind of. You we had a the couple night. lazy cold mornings where we ended up staying in the truck, but honestly, it didn't seem to hurt our hunts at that point. You know, we still came across animals, you know, at that, that seven AM, between seven and ten, animals were still showing up. They weren't in their beds yet. They weren't in the thick timber yet. So that was also kind of surprising.
2: Yeah, I think we saw a lot of animals later in the day too, like in their beds,
1: the way that we were hunting. Yeah. Um, like
0: sneaking through the timber. So so, um, quantity of animals you were seeing on a daily basis, you think? Man, I, there's, there's
1: a few days where we saw like 12 deer. Yeah. I remember quite a bit of doe out there for sure. But you know, we'd be, we'd see on the good days, 12 to 15 deer a day, which is solid. Um, yeah. especially
0: all, in Western Oregon. I feel like, like, I mean, I've had days where you see one deer and you're like, I finally saw a deer today, Yeah, you know, that's true. No, so, we saw
2: it. Yeah, we saw a ton of deer. We uh, archery elk hunted, and we saw we saw a lot of good bucks actually during yeah. arch, archery elk season.
1: Yeah, that archery season was excellent. You you got that that stud on camera just just right off the main road during archery season. Yeah, right before dark, I was just driving around
2: glassing, and uh, he just hopped out in the road at like forty yards and turned and looked at me,
0: and he was a giant. Was that one like the four by six or something, or was he like?
1: Oh, that was a different. That was bug. a different giant. Another one <laughs> yeah. in that same unit. So they're they're there. Oh, I know which one they're you're there. talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, the one that you get for a while where it's out of your window. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how many videos he sent me on those couple of days where he was still out there and just absolute monsters. I
0: saw so, a lot of deer this year. I mean, I didn't hunt on the west side. I still have a Willamette tag that I haven't really hunted much, but um, it seemed like I saw a lot of bucks. And I mean, I know there's guys that got success, but then I feel like a lot of people just didn't punch the tags for whatever reason yeah. you know obviously timing is a big part of it mm-hmm. but so let's talk about this timber sneaking strategy like first of all like what made you guys want to try that
1: um honestly i guess failing at so many other things it's like what's our next option what are we going to do next what you know and what him and i are used to is going and diving into the national forest you know five rivers and literally boots on the ground trying to find something so that's kind of what we're actually used to kind of especially for elk Um, but just the glassing there was it's there's so much area to glass but there's no animals out i mean they're there but we just we we couldn't locate them so that that was like our next step in the process is go dive into some drainages and and kind of see what we see what's around and see if we could find any sign at all and you guys were going super slow right yeah well i mean like to add to what Josh
2: was saying is I've never hunted clear cuts ever I've always been over on the coast in the national forest and it's like really thick and nasty and that's just what I've elk hunted for archery so when we went into this this private timber area where we had the permit it was completely different and I felt super uncomfortable because I've never really glassed I didn't know where to find animals like it was a whole
1: new ball game. Yeah very overwhelming with how much land you have the glass you know you each drainage you go to you could see for miles you're like where do i even start at this point so so that was definitely a challenge for us this year just just trying to locate animals and see see which part of that unit that they're using
0: and deer eyes you know i mean we talk about this in my family quite a bit it's like we grow up learning how to find deer and spot deer and yeah. looking for little mickey mouse faces or ear flicks or a head turn or an antler gleaning off of the sun or whatever, you know, you're looking for these little things because
1: sometimes, especially blacktail, I mean, they can be there and they are not moving. Absolutely. And-, <laughs> and that kind of brings up a excellent point. Like just to even see that, I mean, if you're not using a tripod or have some of those new SIGs uh, you don't really stand a chance out there, you know, depending on your distance that you're glassing um, just the stability you get from those is it, it's a absolutely a game changer.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And like Lyndon and I during elk season, I took him in there for a couple of days and uh, we pulled into this spot, parked the pickup. We were going to go into this walk in area, a bunch of like it's thicker timber. And we were sitting talking at the truck for like five or 10 minutes. And this stud blacktail, like probably 75 yards from us, stands up out of the clear cut and just trotted off. And he was a giant, like past his ears. Tall, wide, thick, and he was there for ten minutes while we were talking. never saw but, him, never saw him, he never
0: moved if he wouldn't yeah. have got
2: up, we would have never seen him,
0: yeah, yeah, it's amazing, and you know we all have good spots, and we I guarantee you we all miss deer too, yeah, <laughs> you know I all the time. I have a friend Joe who hunts from tree stands, you know, and he'll during he he used to be a rifle hunter, but now he's our tree hunter only, but he'll hunt blacktail and tree stands, and he'll be on these edges of you know re- regrowth or like uh clear cuts or whatever yeah. and uh he'll watch other hunters push deer and he'll watch the deer out in front of him and they never see the deer and he just watches the whole thing unfold
2: you know yeah i think that's something that was huge for us and we can like get into this more obviously but the wind was like that's huge So
0: important. Yeah. How So 14 days roughly of hunting. Mm. How was the morale as you guys were getting in there? Were you starting to be like, are we going to get this? Like, I don't remember when you found success in the, I mean, obviously probably towards the end of that, but like, were you feeling pretty confident that
1: like, okay, it's just the right day is going to come. Were you starting to lose hope a little bit? I mean, so when we were out pre-scouting before elk season, we saw deer everywhere. So I think heading into Blacktail Rifle, the confidence was high. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had seen them everywhere. We knew we were going to get, you know, this year when they, they bumped the season back. So we kind of got a solid chunk of the rut as well. Um, we knew they were going to be out there cruising. So the, the blacktail blacktail confidence was just there. It's just a matter of when, and you know, am I going to find a, a monster out here that we have seen in the past? Um, yes, scouting but, was huge for us.
2: We, I think the first time we went up there, we drove 150 miles Wow, and just like covered ground, yep. look for animals. And like that, was not a waste of time at all because we knew we found animals, we found out where they're hanging out, and that gave us a lot of confidence to go back in, even if we weren't seeing game there. We knew that they were there and it was a matter of time.
0: Well, and now that you've had success, you know, all the articles I've ever read about blacktail is if people think, okay, I got the big buck last year, there's not gonna be another one, but yeah. another big buck will come in and take that territory in that same area where you got yours, you know? So I mean, there's a high likelihood that you can go back in there. And have a reasonable chance at running into another big buck. Oh yeah,
1: you know? yeah. There, I mean,
0: we saw so many big bucks. Yeah, like, even
1: after that season ended, Kyler's in there with his dad doing rifle elk, and he's sending me videos left and right of how many monster bucks he's seeing just out roaming. So
2: yeah, I think my dad and I saw in one day during second or uh, yeah second elk or the Cascade elk. Sorry, I think we saw. Five or six bucks, and the smallest one was a three by three, yeah, and everything else was like six by four, four by four, just like giant bucks, and that's like during rut or like late rut, and they were out
1: cruising so the cool thing about that too is that where he's seeing those ones was some territory that we have never been like that was his first time there, so it's actually super exciting knowing that we can work more west and that there's there's still big animals out there for sure and it sounds like a, a lot of them are still alive for next year. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cuz I mean at
0: that point it was what you had uh, late season archery would have been the only option.
2: For, yeah,
0: which is we're going to hunt that this year for this this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to do rifle, you're going to go late season
2: archery? No, I think I'm going to take my wife out for rifle blacktail. Okay. And then uh yeah, then I think we're gonna and Edgar. Y- yeah, and Edgar. Yeah. we got of a couple too. people we're gonna take out during yeah. rifles. So. Well,
0: when you come come around with this big buck and these stories, you know, <sighs> guys uh, want to jump on the bandwagon. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Josh
1: just killed a giant. Right place, problem. right time. That's, yeah, that's so hunting.
0: Do we want to get into uh, Josh's buck and kind of that story and how it kind of transpired? Do we want to go into that? Yeah, I can
2: start us off with that.
0: Absolutely. Sure. So Josh and I had been out. And we had
2: hunted a few days and I, we are always on our phones fucking around, trying to like e-scout and look for new areas. And I found this spot out in the burn that didn't get touched by the fire. And it's like probably 30 year old uh, regrowth. Uh, so it's like open underneath, fairly easy to walk through. And then there's like clear cuts and it's kind of tucked away in this area where not a lot of guys are hunting. And I'm like, dude, I, th- I think there's a big buck in this drainage. Let's go check it out tomorrow. And so we drive in there and we park the pickup and it took us like 45 minutes to get off the road down into the drainage being quiet. Yeah. It took so long. And to we go, probably like, traveled, I don't know, maybe yards. Yeah, a little <laughs> over 100 yards max. So well, Was it just really steep or? Super steep.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean. Rocky because it had burned. So all the roots were gone and mm-hmm. the soils kind of. Uh, gives away. And it hadn't easy. rained for a while either. So the the ground was definitely crunchy. You yeah. know, so we had to go super slow. Yeah. So we're working our way through there and
2: Josh is so much better at me than me at uh going slow and checking the timber with his binos and I learned a lot from him this year with that actually. But we we just crept along this drainage. Um I don't did we jump a doe or something uh, early
1: or so from what I remember, um you know, we walk down, we get kind of towards the bottom or a little bench and we're sitting there. I know we were super hot because it was kind of cold that day, had puffies on, it was still kind of cold out. But that, as soon as you start hiking, you, know, you, you warm up real fast. So we stop, take our jackets off, throw them in our bags. Um, and then we hear something just to the east of us. And I, you and I look at each other, you're like, I think that's a bear. Oh, yeah. And at yeah. that point, we're like, let's go kill that bear. Yeah. There's like a bear tearing up a stump, I think. It was uh, loud, yeah. like loud pounding. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't think it was a deer or anything like that. And that I started thinking, you know, maybe that even bumped that buck up out of there. He's like, All right, I'm you know I'm leaving. And yeah, so this bear's not happy and I don't wanna Yeah, hang exactly. Out with him. I'm not yeah. gonna be his dinner, so yeah. I'm getting out of here. Yeah,
2: so we spent all that time going down into the drainage where we could walk quiet and then literally a hundred yards up from us, we started hearing that bear. And so we started working our way back towards that bear, back yep. towards the ridge super slow that he went away. He must've winded us. Um, and then we just started
1: creeping down that Ridge super slow. Yep. And there was, I mean, there was tracks through there for sure. I mean, we were, we were onto something, had hope that we were heading in the right direction. You know, that was our first time in that area. Um, but you know, we just go every couple steps and I'd pull up my binos and just keep glassing. Cause with that reprod, you know, you can really only see so much so so each step you pretty much have a full new new area to look at a new angle to yeah a new trees. angle new area and and we just kept creeping down and then i just remember pulling my binos up that one time and i just see this buck just come across my field of view i was like kyler there is a monster buck right there <laughs> and he kind of went out of my sight um and i remember I, I kept like whispering to him like hey do you see it and then next thing i know i look over and he's he's got his gun up. He's like, I see it. I was like, dude, I don't I don't have a shot. He's like, I do. I'm like, shoot. Yeah.
2: There. So I had a window that was probably like a foot and a half by a foot and a half, and I could see his neck to his head. And I'm like, it was only like a hundred yards, maybe. If that. Yeah. Between, it was, between
0: a heavy cover on both sides, basically.
2: Yeah, it was pretty open. Like it was a mm-hmm. clear shot, mm-hmm. and I had a neck basically to his head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. I'm going to smoke this thing. So I pull up my rifle and I think I rushed the shot looking back on it because I probably had some buck fever, I'm guessing. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I I torched one off and he doesn't move. I'm like, damn, I'm like, what the fuck? So I rack (laughs) another shell in. He takes a couple steps and or maybe just one step because then it was just like his heart and lungs and vitals were shown in that space. And I shot again and... It must've been close because he kind of trotted off. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I I don't know what's, I was like pretty defeated uh, because I didn't hit him. And so we sat there for a second. I think we gave it a couple,
1: five minutes or something. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. And kind of started, you know, at that point I pull up my phone. I'm like, all right, I'm marking a spot on Onyx where I think he's at so that we don't get you're like, get we're not going to
0: see this buck again. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. We thought or, for
1: sure he was gone. You know, just to make sure that we're, we walk to the, the right area. Because it's it's so easy to get, like, turned around out there. And either walk past where you thought you saw him or, or not even make it far enough. So, you know, I knew we had time. Mark a spot real quick. And then we kind of start walking down, hopefully looking for some sort of blood or anything. Mm-hmm. Um but then yeah, so we get to that spot, didn't really see anything, but you can kind of still see the tracks kind of where he trotted through. Yeah, he was eating mushrooms. So hmm. there's like a main deer trail and yep. they were eating all the mushrooms on this trail is is pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so then we kind of I guess it kind of drops down again to like another little bench. And him and I are like, I don't know, twenty yards apart Yeah, that. Um and I'm slightly just to his east, so we're we're kind of the same distance come up over the ridge and the next thing I see is like this thing's literally just staring at me. <laughs> and I remember, you know, he's staring at me and I start whispering to Kyler. I'm like, Kyler, he's right there.
2: And uh, and uh that whole time I had seen him at the same time, but all I could see was his ass behind this tree. Yeah. And Josh is like, he's right there. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I don't have a shot. He's yeah. like, he's staring right at me. I'm like, shoot him. He's like, yeah. he's literally staring right at me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so couple seconds go by he's like looking and then he turns his head away and like at that point i just pull up my rifle rifle real quick and just blast off a shot i mean he was quartering away so i mean it wasn't the best shot but it was it was up into the vitals and you know it got the job done
0: 50 yards 75 yards 40 yeah yeah, 40 very very close close very close like
1: as soon as you come up over that ridge he's, he's yeah, 30, I wonder what he was thinking. Yards.
0: Like, I don't know if he just was like, I don't want to leave this area, or if it was just ruddy, or like why he gave you guys that. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, he was a little bit ruddy,
2: but also I don't think that a lot of people have been in that area, and I don't know if he'd seen other hunters or anything mm-hmm. because he didn't seem worried about us no, at all.
1: No, like, yeah, he he just stood there and then turned his head back away, and that's when I got a shot. So it at that point again. Talk about hunting, right place, right time. Kind of get lucky right there, you know, because Kyler could have killed that thing right then and there, but then it, I don't know, I guess things happen out in the woods that you never expect. Well, yeah, or you get that those first two shots
0: and you never see them again. I mean, that's more typically the way it yeah. goes. I mean, Dude, I was crushed.
1: Yeah, typically when you get some shots, you're not going to see that Going back again. to Kyler's rifle, though, I mean, you've been to the range multiple times with that same gun, haven't touched it, and it is way off. Oh, so yeah. like maybe a but, little bit of buck fever, but at the same time. Yeah, like, but
0: is that the one we were trying to shoot on Friday and then we had it and then it went all out yeah. of whack? Yeah. I've had trouble so with it's something,
1: or, you know, this last Something's year.
0: off, either optic. I don't know what it is, but like he'll get it dialed in and then like he makes, tries to just put the zero and then we wouldn't even hit paper. Yeah. Yeah. There's something going on with it. Yeah. I we got to figure that out. And yeah. we can touch more on that when we talk
2: about my buck too. But uh, yeah. so Josh <laughs> shot that buck. He definitely smoked him I'm like, dude, you fucking smoked him. He takes off and he's running down the drainage downhill and you could tell he was hurt. And we gave him a few minutes and
1: we started following the blood trail. And, uh, and honestly, there wasn't a ton like,
2: no, not it was a lot there. of
1: blood. There yeah. was probably speckles every 15 yards or so.
2: Yeah. And we just went slow mm. and, uh, it, like there was two deer trails that split and I went high and Josh went low and like, I would say a hundred yards from where he shot him. Josh found him laying there. Was that frothy
1: blood? <laughs> it was a long shot, you think? Uh, I think it had to be long cause I didn't hit heart for sure. So it was at least one lung, like cause of the angle. Mm-hmm. It was also a little gut too. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. It was just quartered away. And like, honestly, it was a good shot. It was just
2: a little bit back, but it came it was quartered away so it went through that lung on the other
1: side yeah I mean but you take the shot you're presented with sometimes yeah you, at that was point like, I'm just trying to put mm-hmm. something up in his chest cavity that I know is going to do damage I mean it was, yeah. it was probably a couple inches behind his like armpit kind of so in mm-hmm. him quartered away made it a little deeper unfortunately so what are you
0: thinking as you're coming up to that
1: buck like I mean when you know you found oh, man, him I mean I that feeling is shock, a feeling that's, shock yeah. at that point like holy cow we just did it finally like everything worked out all the work we put in it finally happened, so uh, that was that was awesome, especially coming off my buck, my previous buck, um, which we don't really need to talk too much about. Not a super proud moment, but <laughs> did you know how big this one was as you're coming uh,
0: up to it? Like, were you we looking uh, on the ground? No, this thing is. No big. I don't idea. think
2: Josh knew. No, because I, I was like, like, dude, that is a giant, like big, huge body. I've mm-hmm. never seen a blacktail that big. I'm like, that thing looks like a mule deer, and it.
1: It was so cool. Like, like, yeah, the The rack, I knew the rack was big, great, but like with my inexperience of, of seeing that many animals out there and not, you know, I haven't killed a ton of animals. So I'm like, oh, God, it was just a, finally I got a normal size buck at this point, but it yeah. was so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Like after like me settling down, the shock, everything, I'm like, oh my God. This is the best possible situation that could yeah, have happened. That's cool. And when like. you're
0: in that moment and you finally have that accomplishment, you know, yeah. like the animal you were going for is now on the ground and now you're thinking, okay, I got to do the work, but you're still just like, okay, I did it. Yeah, you know, I got it done. Yeah, it was, I that was the happiest moment
2: of my season for sure. Same. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. When you're out with your buddy, your hunt partner, and you put in all that time and all that energy and like, You have all those. You don't get a ton of opportunities. So when it all comes together, it's like, damn, like that is so cool.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and you kind of, you have those moments of gratitude and appreciation for the animal and like just the experience. And I think we all think, okay, we could replicate this a bunch of times over, but- you, who knows you may never have yep. that exact circumstance will probably never happen again just the way it went down right. I mean, you'll have other experiences and adventures but that way that happened will probably never happen again
1: no you know I agree with that so. and I'm, I still try to understand you know you look at the people who get it done every single year like what what separates them from the ones that are you know every couple years you know mm-hmm. I don't know yeah that's just it's hard to kind of comprehend you know are those guys putting in that much more time or do they have that much more knowledge um of what they're doing out there. It's that's what I wanna know. That's where I'm like still stuck on what else do I need to figure out? How do I be better every single time?
2: And I yeah. think it's a combination of we scouted a lot and but we also put in a lot of miles and we went out even when we weren't finding success. So it's a combination of all those
0: things and then you sprinkle in a little bit of luck. Yeah. And it's like, that's what it takes. Tenacity to keep getting after it. And, you know, maybe you invest in moccasins so you can stock, stock quieter. You know, I mean, equipment matters too. Like you were alluding to with the binos, like having those
1: self-stabilizing binos makes a difference. I mean, all those little tools mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And I mean, in that timber too, like if you, you know, if you're someone that wants to go in there and timber sneak, I mean, 10 power is probably the max that you're going to want for something like that. Even an eight would be just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause once you get up into that higher power, everything, it, it gets so much tighter in there and you, you can't really see as much. I think, uh, something I learned this year too, is like, if I do
2: that rifle hunt again, I'm probably going to use an open-sided 30, 30 or 30 out six. Yeah. Just because the shots are going to be uh, uh, no more than 75 yards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe 150 at the most, which you can still make that shot easily. Oh yeah. So yeah so let's fast forward to your buck kyler so you you josh's buck get her done that was her, october 23rd
2: i
1: believe i think so let me let 24th me so how
0: many more days of season did we have so it went till november 10th oh so you still had probably a few more hunts before you got to your buck then 23rd
2: yeah so josh killed his on the 23rd uh i think we went out a couple more times we did some big, long hikes. Yep. I remember we did like a 14-mile area one day. We, <laughs> It was a long day. And we saw deer bedded, uh, but we didn't see any other bucks, I don't Mm-mm. think. Um, and then my wife uh, wanted to come out with us. Um, and we got in the truck one morning, and we had a plan on we were going to go back to where Josh killed his buck in that same general area. And we're driving we got up there early it was just getting light and there's two pickups in front of us and they were going so slow which is fine but we were in a hurry to get to where we wanted to hunt you know in the timber and uh the pickups in front of us let us go by and we're driving and i'm like josh i'm just gonna bust through this dude and get to where we need to go he's like yeah sounds good So we're driving and where we've seen multiple deer, I think we've seen
1: tons of sign,
2: multiple deer. Yeah. Tons of deer, lots of sign in this area on the South side. And, uh, it was just light. And Josh was like, he's like buck right there. And I'm like, okay. So I throw it in park, get my rifle out. It's not sighted in, which I, I didn't know (laughs) at the time. And, uh, I get off the road and I'm just free handing the shot and, it didn't look that far to me it looked like maybe 150 yards i'm like i'm just gonna hold it right on with the six five you know so i shoot he's at the end of this clear cut right on the timber line looking over his shoulder broadside so i shoot nothing i'm like no Rack another one boom shoot i'm like son of a gun so i get a rest for the third shot Nothing. I'm like, geez Louise. Like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed at this point. There's a pickup behind us watching. Oh, <laughs> Buck's still standing there yeah, staring at us, yeah. like, what
1: is going on over yeah, there? Was- yeah,
2: an audience at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was not good. I shoot again and miss. And Josh gives me his rifle. And I during that time I had like a couple seconds to kind of like re-evaluate the situation. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that guy's like pretty far down there so i put it like i think a foot over his back and i shot him and he dropped and dumped, yeah, dumped and this him is right with there. josh's gun yeah. Yeah, yeah yep so um we drove down there and he was laying there did you guys ever range
0: where he was at he...
1: no, no. I, like <laughs> it it looked like so after the fact Yes. But (laughs) during, like, hey, we're not going to get this opportunity. This guy's about to take off. Like, just get out. Right. Should have ranged him looking back. How far
2: was the shot? It was 300. Yeah. And you thought it was 150. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Holding straight on at 300. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was was embarrassing. And then that's a learning experience for me because honestly, I could have just pulled out my rangefinder real quick, real quick, dialed to and
0: got it done. Yeah. True. But I didn't know if he's going to take off either. Yeah, and I don't know the ballistics on the 6.5, five, how much bullet drop you get, but I think it's pretty decent at that. Well, I mean, about a
1: foot at three hundred. Yeah, I think. I mean, so you were spot on been like with that last one shot. click, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just holding, you know, high shoulder would have been probably fine, honestly, on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and Kyler just regressing a little bit. He got this three hundred Win Mag, and we were at the range a couple Fridays ago, and I thought I was shooting a six that he was having trouble. Oh, so I didn't because he's like, you shoot it and you see what's going on. So I get down there on the rest and it's his 300, 300. win. And I'm expecting a six, five Creedmoor. Oh boy. So I go and I wham. And I'm just like, man, that six, <laughs> five kicks like a mule. And he's like, that's my 300 win mag. You <laughs> know? Sam's like rattled my teeth. <laughs> yeah, I go, yeah. Adam, Cause you're, I'm holding it. Like Good a thing you're holding f- it tight, but I'm like, holding it like a six, five. Yeah. I still wasn't holding it like a 300 win mag, you know, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Anytime I grab 300,
1: there's a little more, a little more respect. Yeah, exactly. You hold that gonna, thing a little tighter. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah. was
2: awesome. Cause wit was there. And yeah. so she got to be there, see it. Uh, she helped us gut it kind of took some video and
0: yeah. It was, yeah. It was and it's cool. a good buck. I mean, you brought it in here. Um, it's super cool. Yeah. It's a cool buck. He broke off half of his side, probably fighting with another buck or who knows, yeah. but yeah, he's a cool buck. Yeah. It's crazy
1: at that distance to it. Like every, like, it's tall. is it really tall. It honestly. was really tall, yeah. And as soon as I glassed it up, I'm like, oh, dude, big buck right over there. Like, I was like, probably close, you know, thinking the same same size as mine. Um, but yeah, just I, th- I think it's taller than mine, honestly. It was taller for sure, but it it was probably only two and a half years old, I would
2: guess. But uh, yeah,
0: but I mean, honestly, a blacktail buck is a is a, a trophy in my mind. Yeah. I it, mean, people call him the ghost of the west for a reason. I mean, you just don't have that many blacktail opportunities. opportunities. No. I brought in my three by five because I was having Josh look at it before we got started. Like how big is your paddle compared to this? And his is bigger is what I found <laughs> out. But, um, the, uh, when I shot that three by five, I was telling you guys, this giant fork revert came out, you yeah. know, after I shot him. Well, another time I shot a fork and horn buck and another big buck. So it's like, you don't know when those opportunities are going to come. And to me, uh, harvested animal on the ground, meat in the freezer, especially with blacktail hunting. I don't think, I mean, I'm not the guy that wants to shoot that little milk breath with little teeny nubs sticking out, but you know, um, I like my meat to be dark red all the way through, but at the same time, it's like, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get during the blacktail season. And we're not, I, I don't have
2: enough experience and I can't speak for you guys, but I don't have enough experience to say hey, I'm going to hold out for an absolute giant buck. I just want the meat in my freezer. Yeah. I don't want to shoot a spike or a small fork really. Yeah. I want to shoot a mature deer because you get more meat yeah. and it's more of a challenge, but Yeah,
0: and it I don't nothing against anyone that shoots those smaller deer, but like they're just when you see one that's like you can tell it was like last year's baby kind of thing and they're just kind of doughy eyed and yeah, you like, know. you know, yeah. I mean, it's like obvious. You want to give them a
2: chance to grow and yeah. get
1: bigger and yeah. But, I'm not going to lie. I've done it. Well, um, yeah, that was
0: your
2: first buck though.
1: First buck, last day of the season, never do it again. Like mm-hmm. after doing that, got the experience, got my first buck, got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um But I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm going to hold out for a giant either. I'll, I'll take a, probably a fork, maybe not on the first day yeah, um, or second, but if that time comes where I know I only have a couple days left. I will take that buck because I do want to fill my freezer.
0: Yeah, and that meat, I mean, you can't beat that meat. No. It's the you best can't meat You can't beat that meat. Yeah, it's the very best. <laughs> and like, I mean, Kyler and I have been going to the gym and I've been cooking up venison and just having a baggie here in the fridge. Yep. And then I'm getting my protein, you know, throughout the day, just chowing down on Absolutely. that. Oh, so.
2: and those animals are eating such a big variety of plants and they're getting all those minerals. And like that meat is high quality, nutrient dense, not a lot of fat like that's it's a really good protein source it is well um i yeah i didn't mean to cut you off no you're fine i would like to talk a little bit about some of the things josh and i look for and what we
0: like learned this year yeah where we saw deer exactly where i was going Uh, i was gonna say okay what did you guys learn from this season that you'll add on to next year but i mean so specifically blacktail right still yeah yeah
1: um, you want to start off on that one and I'll kind of
0: yeah come in?
2: So like I was saying earlier, we drove all those roads, found where the animals were. We spent a lot of time glassing. I think we saw, we glassed up some deer early during uh, preseason when we were scouting. But then once the season hit, we didn't really have any success glassing up animals. Yeah, And so we started to reevaluate and be like, hey, like what what do we need to do to find these things, you know? And uh, we started looking for benches on the map that were close to uh, these burned up areas or close to cuts where we could sneak through the timber, like very edgy, like transition areas mm-hmm. where it was like thick brush, clear cut, or reprod timber, big timber. And we did a lot of hikes through those areas that we mapped out on the map. And every time we got into those areas, if the wind was right, we would jump deer
1: out of their beds every time and what's what's crazy too like the what I kind of noticed is like trying to find distance from where where you know everyone else is going to be hunting as well so so those main roads you know once you once you kind of get in there there's only four gates that you get to go in on with that permit Mm -hmm. and so trying to find kind of the deepest area um, away from where you know everyone else is gonna be hunting because you once you drive it for a little while, you know what the main roads are and where everyone's gonna be coming in from. Um, but yeah, as far as edges, I mean the more the better. If you know you got your reprod um, clear cut, the more edges you can find uh, I, they're hanging out in there for sure. Do you think the deer
0: too, as the hunters started showing up, their behaviors changed and they just weren't you weren't they were getting further from the road because of all the pressure they were getting? Yes. And like, what always surprises me is you can go one bench over the road where you can't see it quite from the road and the deer are there. Like you don't have to be that far off the path that everyone else is on. And oftentimes they're there. And I don't know if that's what you experience or if you had to go deeper than that, but I've always been shocked how like, oh, here's all the deer sign. Here's the deer. And it's like, they can almost see the road from their vantage point, but you'll never see them from the road you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's true because they know where they see pickups park. They feel the pressure for sure. Yeah. And they find those little spots on clear cuts, um, where they're tucked away where you can't see it from the main road and they're laying there. Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I mean? Like yeah. they know where people are going to mess with them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that time of the year as well, a lot of those blacktail kind of go, you know, especially the mature ones go nocturnal and they, you know, you're, unless you're going into that timber, you're not going to really see them during the day at all. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are already back in the timber at yeah. light.
2: Mm-hmm. Like as soon as first light hits, they're in the timber and they're working their way through the timber back to their beds. Mm. They fed all night. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's what we did. We just kept marking these spots where we're like, Hey, clear cut here. There's a big bench here, drops off into a drainage. There's no roads close by. It's a mile from the road. Like those are the areas we kept checking and kept going into. And
1: that's where we saw the animals. And also I think part of, you know, we did it a couple times, but but just having a plan like each day, you know, we're going to hit this spot first. We're going to walk in there, check it out. If there's no sign, we already know where we're going next. It's not, okay, what now? You know, right. not wasting any time. I like too that it's, um, it feels more authentic too.
0: Not that it's, I mean, I'll take a deer off of the road on the way to my spot. There's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, I mean, a buck's a buck. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. when you're getting out there and you're getting away from everyone else, it feels like more of a hunt for me. Yeah. You it's know? more rewarding, I think. Yeah, and I mean nothing against the other way too. It's good too, but it's there's something about like that experience and getting there
1: until you're ready to pack out, and then you're like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, this but, is gonna be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worth it though. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you though. Like finding those spots that you e-scouted, you, you know, it it gives you that feeling of accomplishment. You're like, all right, I actually maybe I, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe I'm not, because then you think about blacktail just so challenging to hunt you guys have gotten pretty
0: proficient with uh the e-scouting thing too too like playing with onyx and just looking at topography and like i i mean i've just been impressed with how you guys can really dial in i mean we're planning this idaho hunt in november and you guys were already like pulling up the unit and looking at all
1: these different angles and benches yeah. and where we want to go. And I think Josh is better at that. He I taught mean, me a lot about it. I like to think I know what I'm doing, but then you get out into the, the woods and it sometimes it changes your mind. You're like, all right, well, I don't actually know anything. Right? But, <laughs> oh, and sometimes um, you'll
2: see something on the map where you're like, this looks amazing. And you go in and check it out and you're like this is not even, this is a shithole. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Where it's just nothing. Yeah. And then sometimes
1: there's hidden benches too, or spots where you're like, this isn't on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Your your topo, it doesn't even look like a bench, but it is actually perfect. And then you see a bed and you, you know, you see droppings on the ground. You're like, okay, this is actually a legit spot. Um, And then I think also just kind of marking stuff while you're out there. You know, if you see deer in a specific spot, mark that spot and then after your day's over go back and kind of recap maybe why they were there where they're headed and try to figure out more of of how these animals are using the area sounds like you guys are paying a lot of attention to what's in the surroundings too i
0: mean i think a lot of us just are like oh we saw deer there we'll go back there hopefully we'll see deer again but you're more like studying it if you will like okay this is the topography these are the vegetation we saw this is the drainage you know you're looking at all those things
2: oh it's so true like we saw so many deer on the south side of this unit where yep. the sun is hitting all day and a huge burn went through there a couple of years back the holiday farm fire and um, there's a, an abundance of feed in that area and so we're like hey like this south side, is loaded with feed and that's where we saw most of the animals
1: Mm -hmm. so paying attention to feed I think is super important too yeah then you look at like our elk season though I feel like we I mean we saw them on the south side occasionally but there was we got into quite a bit on the north side right and I would imagine just because the temperatures and they're trying to get out of the sun and down into these deep cooler drainages Um, but definitely for blacktail that south side was was packed yeah yeah
0: Food, water, shelter, you know, that's what it's all about. And you look at, uh, I mean, deer, that shelter component, a lot of that is predators, and we're the predators, right? So they're finding that area where nobody's going to see them or where they think nobody's going to see them.
2: Yeah. Honestly, that's something we didn't, we've talked a little bit about. We only saw bear sign in like, two different areas in that 160,000 acres mm. <laughs> and we didn't cover it all but the areas we did cover there's only one drainage where we saw a bear sign and yeah. I don't think I saw one bobcat and one set of cougar tracks mm. the whole season and that's from August until
0: November so you're not thinking there's a lot of natural predators out there there I mean no I mean you're gonna have some coyotes you're gonna have some cougar you're gonna yeah. have some bear but no. But there's not many, I
2: don't mm-hmm. think Especially with the numbers of animals we saw For deer and elk
0: Which yeah. is good I mean, that's a lot better for the deer Than when yep. they're getting hammered you yeah. know, by
2: everybody And I don't know why that is I don't know if maybe those timber companies
0: Hire someone to take care of those bears uh, Because yeah. they debark all the trees in the like spring Predator control, yeah yeah, That makes sense I mean, that would make sense to me that they would do that But yeah, that would be interesting to find that out because you look at some of these other areas that have just been decimated, even coyotes. I mean, like there's some properties out here just in North Albany across the river that used to have a lot of deer, and now like the people living there, like we never see deer anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think the coyotes are just Crazy. whacking them down. Well, you've you know? had coyotes at your place in South Salem. Oh yeah. Like- they ate how many of your lambs? Four, four lambs last year. Yeah. yeah. And the elk the elk herd we have on the refuge can't get any bigger because the coyotes get the calves every year. It's been 10 head for like- Yeah, like 10 to 13. For years. ever. And like whenever the calves are there, you'll see them and then the calves are gone, you know? And that's on a refuge where no one hunts. Yeah, no one hunts it. So it's, I saw four elk yesterday morning on the way in oh, really? for the first time in a while. And they're kind of an elusive herd and they, you know, they have a lot of bulls or don't have really good for whatever reason. It seems like the bulls are the only ones that survive. And so they're, you know, they're, we're down to like five or six cows, which is getting pretty small for that herd to keep staying alive. So, right. And I mean, but it's a wildlife refuge. So the coyotes know that they're safe. There, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So
1: I guess anyway. that says something about predator hunting
0: yeah it's important i think to get out there and whenever like if you're tagged out and you're done and you know you want to go back and take out some coyotes that yeah. are going after your gut bag or whatever you know do yeah. your part Hunting you know? season
1: doesn't have to end
0: yeah exactly yeah well do we have anything else we want to cover i don't
2: how long have we been talking
0: about 45 minutes
2: yeah, we, I mean, we could talk a little bit about elk unless you just want to leave it on this. No, list. I
0: mean, I think it's cool. We can, we've can got a little more time if you guys want to talk about elk. I know, Kyler, you've had a fair amount of success on the coast, uh, elk hunting and some of the nastiest country imaginable. Yeah, yeah good old Al-C. Yeah, yep. These guys that have uh, the Oregon First podcast, they always talk about swimming in the uh, coastal Burns. woods. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's, I mean, it's wet. Oh, and and it's
2: thick I can't tell you how many times I've gotten stinging nettle or got into the devil's club or the just the blackberries i mean it's it's brutal like hunting the coast I've taken people and we do one day and I'm like, yeah like how do you want to go back out and they're like, dude, I'm never going to the coast <laughs> yeah, again yeah like I don't want to do it It's just steep and deep yeah.
0: I did one season with you and it was fun. I mean, we found a lot of mushrooms and we saw some elk and stuff. And I mean, we saw some really cool country, but uh, didn't get the opportunity that year. And I think that's part of the thing. Like, I think you have a pretty good feel of the elk are either going to be here or there. Yeah. But those two spots are maybe 20 mile radius from each other. So it's, you know, I mean, you have a pretty good idea of some of their patterns,
2: Yeah, the the elk on the coast in the national forest are really challenging to hunt because there's no clear cuts. You can't do any glassing. There's some thinnings that they do every year on contract with the Forest Service, Um, but they don't really log or manage the forest, and it's just thick, and there's feed everywhere. There's water in every single drainage, so those elk can go wherever they want. And there's big herds, and there's a lot of elk, but you can be 20 yards from them and not see them yep. and not get an opportunity.
0: Yeah. Whereas on the East side, it's always like, okay, you find water and you know, you're going to find elk, you know, because it's hotter and there's not that many watering holes, that, right. you know, mm-hmm. and, but over here it's, there's water everywhere. So
2: yeah. It's-, it's challenging too. Cause your calls like archery elk, you're doing a lot of calling and that's how you locate elk, you know? And, um, your calls don't really go that far in that dense forest. I would say like 150
0: yards. So are you calling a lot then? I mean, have you changed your tactics to where you're calling quite a bit? Yeah, I think like later in the year, I will
2: definitely find areas where I can bugle and I'll bugle every 150 yards. Mm -hmm. And I like the last bull I killed, we, we got on him and we followed him for like, behind him for like three miles and I was bugling like every 150 yards and then the last time I ripped one off he sounded back around this like corner of this old cat road at like 100 yards and I had called 100 yards previously and there's nothing no sound you know so that was interesting to me is like how close I had to be to get him to respond
1: Yeah. Do you think at that point that maybe he didn't hear you because of how thick the timber was or that maybe he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't ready for that fight? Like he just wanted to take his cows and continue to move on. Yeah, I think that maybe he did hear me and they're
2: working up that road to wherever they wanted to go. And as soon as I got in his bubble. Yeah. and Then he was like, okay, I got to deal with this guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like because he was fired up. Like He ripped one off and then he was grunting and he was glunking. And the only reason I knew right where he was is I looked up about 150 feet into this alder and I could see the top of this alder <laughs> where he was rubbing, just shaking <laughs> the whole up. tree. Yeah. I'm like, holy smokes. And uh, yeah, he was fired up, ready to go. And yeah, that was, that was a cool experience. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And this year, how I many how many days did you guys hunt? I don't feel like you hunted as much as elk. you did last year. Yeah, on elk.
1: Um, maybe like seven or eight days, 10 days. Yeah, maybe a little more. I, I, probably close, close to 10 again, roughly. Okay, so you did put some time in. Yeah, we not just, as much as we would have liked. We, um, I mean we you were getting for, married and stuff like that, weren't you? Yeah. That's yeah, kind of yeah, a little it yeah, yeah. changes things a little bit. Luckily yeah. uh she's great and understood. Yeah. I just the one thing I told her is just not not during elk season. Um yeah. and she yeah. uh she did that, so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. That's so it good. all it all
2: worked out. Yeah. yeah, that is that is something we should mention. It's like Whitney lets me hunt. She knows I love to do that, and so like hunting season I'm just like she's like go do whatever and I'm super grateful for that. See you when you get back.
0: Absolutely.
1: That is nice. Yeah. You always feel I mean me you coming home unsuccessful you're you're spending so much time away and you come home with nothing like consistently so it's that part's uh, disappointing it really kind of brings you down but um, both of them are always there to support us and mm -hmm. they know that like this is our passion so super thankful for that. Yeah, did you guys
0: encounter elk this year? Did you get into any?
1: Yeah, we, um,
2: opening weekend we did not, but I want to say the next week we went out, we went into this walk in area mm-hmm. and, uh, we got into this little drainage that Josh found on the map and we did some calling from a landing, um, in probably like 40 year old timber that was pretty thick underneath. Um, we had a bull, we heard him like making noise in the brush and we were on this landing and we we fucked it up just because we weren't paying attention. And we heard him down there and we both for some reason walked up to the edge of the landing and we peeked over and he was walking up the drainage at us and I'm pretty sure he saw us, he was like 70 yards. Hmm. Like hindsight, we should have probably backed up I should have been raking and kept calling and Josh should have got set up for him to come up and gave him another 5, 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. Um, I know you always replay those moments forever
1: when they don't go the way you want them to. And that's for me. So, I mean, elk hunting, I have... I, I rely on Kyler for, for tactics, for anything. Can you um, call Josh? Do you, have you started uh, Yeah. Uh, my cow call calls are decent. My okay. bugles, nah, I need to practice more for yeah. sure. It's hard. It's really hard. But at the same time, if you go out there and you kind of listen to some of these bulls that are bugling to you, they're not great. Like, yeah. Well, even
0: that little hoochie mama uh, call, you know, I mean, I, we had one day when we were doing it this year where, the elk weren't responding to anything. It was there was a fire, and it was kind of yeah. like just they were just weren't very vocal, even though they had been the day before. And then my cousin was just goofing around with that little hoochie mama call, and we never got any responses back. Well, then we walked up on two spike bulls that were like seventy yards from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was.
2: I think that, that's something I like really realized was different in this Cascade area where we were hunting. Is like those bulls are pressured pretty hard. I think. And I only got a bull to bugle three times, one bull this year. I didn't hear a single bugle at all this year. Yeah. And so this year when we hunt in there, I think we're going to find success by locating, staying close to the herd and being quiet and kind of trying to get ahead of them Mm -hmm. and letting them work into us without them knowing we're there. Being a little more subtle about it, kind yeah, of those those black tail tactics, a little yeah. more timber sneaking, hundred percent. Because um, on the coast, they're not pressured as hard, and there's more elk, so they're more responsive. And like, you can get bugles back, you can get the cows talking. Like, but over on this side, we could not get anything to talk, not yeah. even the cows.
1: It was hmm. it was pretty interesting. We did we did bump a herd as well from from calling. Um, which I maybe they winded us or something. You never know at at that time, but but yeah, no bugles, no nothing. Didn't yeah, we, we honestly on that side too? We didn't see a ton of sign. No, like we really saw anywhere. So records. I'm, I'm kind of curious what the bull to cow ratio is there versus the coast.
0: But also preseason, you guys found some elk, didn't you? Like oh, we f- uh, we were just
2: driving uh, a road, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but. We're driving and all of a sudden I just like threw it in park and there was six Like giant bulls, all bachelored up, and they were all six by sixes, like huge stud bulls. bulls. I
0: remember. I I don't know where you guys must have come in here, and uh, you guys were both all fired up about
1: that. I just remember that, dude. I've never seen. They gave us a ton of confidence heading into the season. Oh, we're gonna find them for sure. Six giants. We didn't. Yeah, we We didn't find them at all.
2: Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, but that gave us a lot of like Josh said that gave us a lot of confidence because we're like oh they were right here, and then like as they get pressured. They're probably going to go into these areas where people aren't, you know.
0: Like, so you didn't hunt the coast this year. You stayed on that uh, not once uh, permit. Yeah, Josh is anti-coast now. Yeah, I'm not anti-coast. I just, I mean, you don't like walking. What I don't know what degree that is, but it's pretty steep. You go straight. I don't mind the way in. It's the way out that I.
1: I think especially if you have a bull down and you're walking
0: out, just
2: straight up that incline yeah i think we're gonna do it different this year on the coast where we plan like we park a pickup at the top of a drainage and one at the bottom and then just plan on spending eight hours working our way through that whole entire drainage
0: i remember that time i went with you and tyler and we like left our rig way up the top And then we walked along the road for like four miles before we went in. I'm like, guys, we got to drove right here. I just kept saying that in my head, Uh (laughs) but like they wanted to like, you know, do it though. They had a plan and then we get deep in there at the bottom of this thing. And then we're looking at like a straight up 90 degree cliff Oh yeah, and they're on their onyx. And they're like, all we got to do is pop over here and we'll get right there. I'm like, guys, if you don't have rock climbing equipment, we are not (laughs) going up that wall, you know, so we got to go back the other, the way we came in. Yeah, yeah, that's part yeah. of the challenge with the coast is like you can't glass.
2: There's no roads. It's national forest. Everything goes to the bottom, and then it's like you have to go right back out the way you came a lot of the time. So yeah. you, that's like half your day is gone mm. checking those. It's
0: cool. I mean, I I enjoyed some of those hunts. I, you definitely get a workout, and you like oh, yeah. being in that dense timber where it's like dark with it's so dense, you know. And you're seeing all this elk sign. I mean, it's it is fun. It's just a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of running and gunning kind of. Yeah, and you're just, yeah. get, and you're getting soaked on the wet days. I mean, you're just drenched. Like as soon as you get
1: out and start walking in, you are soaked. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? That's the hard part about the coast too. Like if you don't have a lot of days to hunt, going all in on the national forest is probably not worth it for you unless you get lucky and go into the right drainage and find them. Mm-hmm. But cause you're, you're spending full days down into a single drainage. So you're not covering ground at all. Um, you're just, you know, and we, we, we got on multiple bowls, I mean that year for sure, but, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're spending at least half a day just kind of getting down in there and like, Oh, there's nothing here. And we got to go straight back out of here, which is going to take even longer because it's uphill. And the other
2: side of that is like last year or the year before last Josh and I were scouting like two weeks before elk season started, we walked into this area where I've seen a lot of sign before and we came around the corner and there's three bulls and a few cows like 40 yards from us just staring at us on this landing mm-hmm. and like that's the fun thing about the coast is you never know where they're going to be and it's very like action packed when you're in the elk and oh, it's yeah. close quarters
0: And yeah the time we saw them there was like 20 cows you know, and they crossed the road in front of us and then we, they just dipped down below us and they were just kind of feeding away from us but they weren't really spooked by us but yeah. no bulls you know so it was still cool. It's always cool to see elk. I'm always just like, yep. how are these things so elusive when they're so giant? Like I always think that. <laughs> yeah, the I think the best days are not the days. Well, obviously the best
2: day is when you harvest a bull or whatnot. But I just it's fun just getting out there and like getting opportunities and like seeing them do their thing. Like that's fun to me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I when you so learn too. a lot. When the cows are talking to each other. The yep. Bulls are
0: calling to their cows. Like, I really want to practice calling and get better after you know going with my cousin this year and listening to how good he can call
1: and just getting that elk to respond and how cool that experience it's is. So it is, yeah, nothing it's, like it. Oh, uh, yeah, like with my buck at 40 yards, I had buck fever really bad. But anytime I've had a bull coming in <laughs> archery, it is that times a thousand. Like, yeah, it, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it and how to overcome that besides continuing just to do it and gaining confidence in yeah. the moment seven or eight hundred practice as much as you possibly coming can in because you. as soon as that bull's coming you forget everything so it yeah. needs to be natural at that point
0: yeah
2: i haven't got i don't get buck fever anymore really at all and i think it's because the first like four years i hunted archery i missed like three or four deer Mm -hmm. And like I remember the first one I drew back on, I wasn't breathing. My (laughs) legs were locked. Like I was dizzy by the time it walked away. I'm like, holy smokes! Like what just happened? You know? Yeah. But after I did that three or four times, I'm like, okay, like that's not gonna happen anymore. Like you gotta.
0: I never used to. That's the weird. I was always very calm, cool, and collected. And then after that antelope hunt, where I like shot the decoy three times, and then like I just was really. I think that year I was so like, I gotta fill this tag because I've been putting in for it for fifteen years, you know, and putting all that pressure on myself. And then since then I've been a little more buck fevery than I used to be. Um I got it in control this year where I didn't have that at all, which was nice. Yeah. But it's I, th- I think yeah. we add pressure to the situation and that's like what really
2: changes things. When you it like you have to have the confidence knowing you're gonna have opportunities. Because otherwise, if you don't even know if you're going to have an opportunity, like you get an opportunity and you're like, what do I do? You don't want to yeah. mess it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. It.
0: When you're, it's almost easier when you're the buddy rather than the guy holding the tag, you know? Mm-hmm. Because when you're the buddy and you're just kind of along for the ride, you're just like, all right, he got it done. Yeah. But when, but when you're holding the tag, you're kind of subconsciously going, I don't want to mess this
1: up. Well, especially yeah. with an elk. I mean, if you've never killed one, I mean, archery too. Like just, just trying to, when's the right time to draw back? When's, mm-hmm. you know, depending which way he's coming in, where am I going to place this shot? Like everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. And when you're, when you're thinking about your technique or any, you know, everything like that, you're forgetting about what you're even doing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: Yeah. that. Like you said, it has to be automatic Yeah. because there's enough other variables that you've got to be automatic on your technique because otherwise you're, you're not going to get the right shot.
2: I think something that has helped me in those situations is I'm very, very aggressive. I would rather be too aggressive and mess the situation up Mm. rather than sit back and miss a situation. Yeah. You know, I I agree. That happened to me this year with Lyndon. We heard that bull bugle and we got in within like 80 yards of where he was going to come down the drainage. And I could hear the herd coming, walking through, and we were on this road and there was a corner that wrapped around this bend between us. And I thought that they were going to hit the road and come right to me. And I sat there and they all single filed straight down through the timber 80 yards from me, where if I would have been aggressive and made it
0: to that corner, I would have had a shot at 20 yards yeah and wouldn't you rather risk messing it up that way than what you experienced you know what i mean it's
2: 100 and
0: once you've had those missed opportunities you're like i'm never gonna let that happen again i mean i've shared this story before but my first year carrying a gun with my dad um we'd walked up this hill and it was kind of midday you weren't expecting to see deer and these two twin four points mule deer are running away from us and i watched him through the scope never pulled the trigger and my dad was waiting for me to shoot. I was waiting for him to shoot because our family, first got to see, first got to shoot kind of rule. Yeah. But since it was my first year, he wanted me to shoot. So part of it was me waiting on him. The other part was maybe a little bit of buck fever and just like kind of watching it and like just panics. And then by the time they're cresting the hill, my dad's like, wah, wah, you know, and he never oh, missed okay. and he missed on those deer. And he's never let me forget it. But it was also like a a really good learning lesson where it was like next year, like, if I get that opportunity, I'm not hesitating. Yeah. Like, I don't care who spotted it mm. or whatever. If I have a shot, I'm taking the shot.
1: You That's kind of how we go as well. Yeah. Like, like he, I know he wants me to get an elk, but I always tell him like, if you ever have an opportunity, you know, if this elk somehow loops around and comes in and you got a shot, take that shot. Yeah, or if like, he's 30 miss, yards ahead of you or something, don't it's miss a better shot. Chance. Yeah. Like, let's harvest this bull and just get it done. Cause yeah. who That's... knows how many more chances you're gonna get after that.
0: Well, and it's the experience together. The person that actually kills the animal yeah like that's part of fulfilling your tag but it's the hunt you all get to experience that hunt Mm -hmm. like the kill is not the hunt Mm -mm. you know it's part of it but it's not the part that we're all focused about like you said you were just excited probably more excited to see Josh kill that big buck than your buck I was I tell people that like I'm like that memory is like
2: something that I get to keep forever Mm -hmm. when I die like The memory with my friends, with my hunting partner, with whoever, like that memory of that experience is more meaningful than like killing the animal, if oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I think that's the piece that non hunters just don't understand. They think we're all bloodthirsty, yeah. and, you know, that's and not that's it at all. The kill is the probably, I mean, it's part of it, but it's not like the part that we're all like excited about. It's the memory and the gratitude and the meat in the freezer and all those things that. Yeah. Or why we want to keep doing it well fellas thank you for coming on it's good we've been talking about doing this for a while and we haven't been able to fit it in you know everybody's got busy lives and schedules and new wives to keep happy so you know it's tough but uh, I run into Josh all the time so I always holler at him across the store so yeah Yeah. (laughs) but very often anyways it's good to good to have you in here and thanks for sharing your stories yeah yeah, absolutely thanks Sam right, fellas